everyone, this is Sandy Caldwell, and you are listening to episode number 38 of Quilt Cabana Corner. I hope that you're having a wonderful and quilty week, and that you can go grab a nice cup of tea or coffee or water or whatever your heart desires, and join us for a little chat this morning. First of all, I want to say thank you for tuning in to last week's little mini episode. Uh, my mouth has recovered. For those of you who didn't get a chance to listen to it, my... Um, mouth was killing me because I had bitten the inside of my cheek and uh, was left with very painful kinkas, but that has cleared up. And as has my shoulder, I've had a really long, weird couple weeks here with strange health issues on Sunday morning, last Sunday morning. Well, actually, let's start with Saturday. Saturday during the day, uh, my arm felt like, my left arm felt like I just needed to crack it a little bit or pop it or something. It just it was so uncomfortable. Uh, not killing me, just a weird feeling like, you know, when you say, oh, I wish I could crack my uh, knuckle or something. So anyways, by Saturday night, it hurt a little bit more. And by Sunday morning, I could not move my arm more than an inch. So I had no idea what was going on. I put ice on it. I took Advil all day. Um, it was extremely painful. I thought about going to the emergency room and then I thought, no, I think I'll just wait till morning. I'll drive myself to the doctor's office. Um, I didn't realize that I, I couldn't even drive. It was terrible. <laughs> so um, I had run into the bathroom to make sure that my face wasn't droopy because I wondered if I had had a stroke. I, mean, I really couldn't move my arm. And uh, I ended up going to the doctor's and the next day. Greg drove me because I definitely could not drive myself. And um, they thought maybe I had a blood clot. So I went off to the hospital for an ultrasound. And after that panned out to be negative, I ended up um, at the orthopedic surgeon's office where it was determined that I had something called frozen shoulder. So I had never heard of it. Of course, the more people I talk to now, everyone's like, oh, I had that or I know someone who had that. Uh, and what it is, is the tissues in your shoulder capsule, just, they call it spontaneous frozen shoulder, spontaneously thicken up. And they thicken up so much that it immobilizes your arm and shoulder and you really can't move. So I ended up getting a cortisone shot in my shoulder and um, I'm taking a whole lot of Advil. And it feels much better. It felt much better even the next day after that. I'm back to driving, back doing all my usual stuff, and I'm very happy about that, especially the quilting. So uh, there's a physical therapy component to it. I haven't been able to get into the physical therapist's office yet to do some exercises for it, but I will. I've noticed that this week my shoulder is actually just a, um, like a tired feeling to it which I've never had before I've never felt like my shoulders were tired so um, and it's just the one on the left side but anyways I'm feeling better everything's good I had lots of help my mom came down helped with the driving and the cooking Greg took a couple days off from work the girls were fabulous about uh, doing their doing their own thing so that I didn't have to so all's well that ends well and uh, now I'm back to quilting and organizing the summer postcard swap and um, getting this podcast out. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty with the podcast and the playback, so I'm actually just going to pause it here and just double check that it is indeed going to play back. Okay, so it looks like it's going to play back. I don't know. Every time I plug the microphone in, 
the whole thing mutes. It's like it needs to be set to a microphone setting, but I can't figure out how to do that. The last um, podcast that I did, everything had been wiped out. My Audacity, my um, lame file, which is what you use to convert it to an MP3 file, everything got messed up. So I don't know. Let's just hope for the best, shall we? All right, summer postcard swap. I last week went through all the names and addresses that I had and I either emailed you or sent you a direct message on Twitter if you had expressed interest in participating in the summer postcard swap. We have 20 participants. I believe I've heard from everyone now that um, you are aware of who your partner is and you have their address. So I want you guys to have so much fun making the postcards and um, try to get them to your partner by the first day of summer which is June 21st. And I'll say June 21st-ish because things happen, life happens. Hopefully we can get um, get them out to our partners by that date. But if it's a couple of days late, it's okay, don't worry. What I would like to ask though is that once you have received your postcard, please let your partner know. Um, it's important for, for them to know that it's been received so that they don't have to worry about it. And I can't remember if I have set up the group in Flickr for the photos. Uh, if I have not, I will do that today and I will post a link to the Flickr group on the blog. So that's exciting, right? Um, I know a lot of you have said you already have ideas, you already know what you're going to do. So I feel like this is going to be super special swap and I can't wait to see what everybody comes up with. All right, so let's do... Um, Let's do a little update on, 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 on what I've been working on. Let's start with that. And then we'll talk about my new machine because I got a new sewing machine. But maybe we should talk about that first. All right. So I got a new sewing machine. I have no idea if I had talked about it or if it was on the radar in the last podcast. I can't remember. I think it might have been. But my Sapphire Viking, which has been a great machine, terrific throat space, um, everything I loved about it, you know, I still would love about it, except for the fact that it was not behaving while free motion quilting. And I do do a lot of free motion quilting, so I have to have a machine that works. <laughs> and what would happen is that the thread would come off the um, thread guide, the little hook, right before you put the thread through the needle. Now, it had also been slipping off the thread take-up, but that had been fixed previously. So when I got the machine back, it seemed like it was all working and it was going to be great. I quilted two quilts on it and it worked fine for that. So while I was working on my art quilt, which I have since titled Amanda, because it is of my daughter Amanda lying in the grass last summer, um, I was doing some stippling on like the skin part of her portrait and it just started jamming up again. No matter what I did, it would not behave. So I was just so frustrated because um, it had happened on the last quilt too, and one that was going to a magazine, and I was just mortified that I just felt like the quilting wasn't what it should have been on that machine, and um, it was a bed runner project, which was a little bit long, so I really didn't want to use my brother machine, which is like my backup machine, because the throat space on that, ugh, it's probably not even four inches. It quilts beautifully, but it's kind of hard to maneuver things around on that. 
So anyways, I started thinking about what my options were. What should I do? What am I going to do? I can't really afford to go spend another couple grand on another sewing machine. And of course, I have a lot of sewing machines, but as we all know, they're like car models. One comes out with the next great thing and you want to upgrade to that. So I started thinking about doing just that, about upgrading the machine. So I figured, you know, once once the repair shop could fix my sapphire, maybe they could sell it at their shop and I could trade it in and upgrade to something better. So that is exactly what I did. I went over to Ann's Fabric Sewing Center in Canton and they're fabulous over there. And I was very upfront with them about the machine and why I was having a problem and I was just really ready to upgrade to something else. I had narrowed it down through many hours of research on the internet to two machines. One was the Baby Lock Symphony and the other was the Janome Horizon, I don't know, 7700, 8700, I forget the number, but both of the machines seem to be geared towards quilters with the functions that I love the best, which are the pivot function and a, a really wide throat space and, uh, you know, lots of decorative stitches, walking foot included because those can run upwards of $125. That's what I paid for my last walking foot. Um, you know, applique, quarter inch foot included, open toe, that kind of stuff. So when I got to the store, uh, they're a Bernina dealer. So at first I kind of looked at the Berninas, but on all of the Berninas, the throat space is so tiny and I just don't feel like for the amount of money, it was gonna have the functions that I really wanted and needed. So I asked them, I said, listen, is it just they're so expensive because of the name on it? Because it seems like these other machines over here have a lot more things on them that you know would be important to me so they agreed yes yep that you know Bernina probably wasn't the machine for me so I tried the baby lock symphony first I really fell in love with it it has a big 18 by 22 um, table that fits around it an extension table um, it sews a thousand stitches per minute. It's very fast on a long seam. It has the pivot function. It has the knee lift, which I actually, um, that's the machine that I went with. And I haven't been able to use the knee lift because of the setup that I have. But it does have uh, the pivot, which I love. Um, that's especially good for when I'm doing my machine applique. The throat space is not as large as my sapphire. My sapphire was 10 or 11 inches. This is more like eight and a half, but it's okay. It's it's big enough for what I do. I don't make king size quilts, so that throat space is fine. I tried out the, um, the free motion while I was there, and uh, it was just such a beautiful machine. I just loved it. It just felt so elegant. I don't know, just a beautiful machine. And then I did go over to the Janome. I tried that out. It had a lot of um, things about it that I liked. I didn't particularly care for the free motion stitches that I was seeing on it. And I didn't really like the jog dial on the front. So that machine was a little bit more money than the Baby Lock. Um, ultimately, I decided to go with the Baby Lock. And when I did, of course, as you know, they didn't have it in stock, right? Because why would they? <laughs> but it also happened to be the Friday before Easter, and I was expecting 
a good size Easter crowd. So I kept thinking, oh my, if these people who are coming to my house for Easter, my beautiful family, they're going to wonder where I am and why they have to self-serve because I'm so busy playing with my new sewing machine. <laughs> but as luck would have it for them, the machine was not available that day. So I ordered it, but before I ordered it, they offered to me the next step up, which was the Elisimo, Baby Luck Elisimo, which was the embroidery combo machine. Now I had gone in there saying I don't want an embroidery machine, I have a standalone, I don't really use it much, which is all true. I don't use it that much. When the kids were little, I would make them embroidered pillowcases and, you know, with Disney characters and stuff like that. So I've used it, you know, a few times. What I have really is good enough for me. So um, right away I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. So the man went, crunched the numbers, came back, said that he would offer me more money on my trade-in and take the price of the Elisimo way down so that it would only be like uh, $300 more, which was almost like a no-brainer. So I sat down at the Elisimo, but it didn't have any of the quilting feet. There are four specific quilting feet that come with the machine um, that I was interested in. It didn't come with any of those. It also didn't come with the extension table. It didn't have the pivot function. Um, and it was missing the whole bank of like quilting stitches. So it really is not a quilter's machine. As much as the machine was beautiful, and was being offered at ridiculous money to me, it wasn't, it just didn't feel like it was the right machine for me. So I said, no, I'm gonna order the Baby Lock Symphony. I'll wait a couple days for it to come in. They did offer me the floor model of the one that was there, but I also, I wasn't interested in a floor model. If I was gonna put the money out, and want something brand new out of the box. So <clears throat> my Easter dinner was safe and I went home and I think on Tuesday they called. So ordered it on Friday, it came in on Tuesday. So that was April vacation, school vacation for the kids. Amanda had her driver's education class all week. So I dropped her off at that, scooted over to the shop, picked up the machine, brought it home, got it home, and then had to figure out how I was gonna set it up. Because the setup that I have now is the so easy table with inserts one for my brother machine and one for my sapphire so when I took the inserts out of the table just to see you know how much of an insert I would need with the baby lock symphony it didn't fit in the table like the back end of it was so wide that it just didn't even fit in there so it's not even a matter of getting an insert it's just that the back end of the machine is too wide for that table period. So in my bedroom, I had a large wooden desk, not large, but like a perfectly sized wooden desk for scrapbooking, which is what I originally purchased it for. So I ended up taking everything off of that desk um, and moving it into the sewing room. And the, the machine fits beautifully on there. It's just up a little bit higher so I got a new office chair and I have like a foam cushion on it, which brings me up to a height that I like. So even though the machine is now no longer set in, I feel like it's okay because sometimes I feel like the set in machines are almost too low. And um, 
I don't know, I kind of, I can see better at the height that it is. So, of course, when my shoulder happened, um, everyone was like, oh, is it because of the machine and the new height? I don't know. I did work on a quilt free motioning. It wasn't hours and hours and hours of sewing, though, and I can't understand why it wouldn't have happened to both shoulders. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it really truly has nothing to do with the sewing machine and the height of this because I like the setup where it is now and I have more of a table around the machine, more space to catch the quilt while I'm quilting it. Because with the so easy table, I would have to set up tray tables, one to the left of me, one in front of me, sometimes two to catch the quilt so I wouldn't have the drag while I'm free motioning. So and still work, I'm still working out the kinks. I still kind of now need a desk for my bedroom. Um, cue husband rolling eyes. <laughs> you need what now? Um, so I don't know. I might just kind of wait for the perfect um, yard sale or antique trip where I find something that is different and interesting for a little desk. I don't need a lot. I just need something, you know, to record my podcast at with my laptop and stuff like that. So... Anyways, I am, I'm loving the machine. I, I won't say that I've had tons and tons of time on it. We've been so busy around here. It's that time of year. Um, with dance, we have dance recitals this weekend, rehearsals all week. The music show stuff is kicking into high gear. Um, Amanda turned 16. My baby turned 16. And um, with school vacation and her birthday celebration, it's just been nuts. And that was all right on the heels of Easter. So, um, the other day, I, oh, plus my shoulder. So the other day I was just dying. I just wanted to go in there and stitch a straight line with my new machine. Dang it. So I went in and I worked on some of the, um, the buntings for the angel babies. Those are the little buntings I'm doing for charity, um, called angel outfitters. And those are little, little pink and blue buntings that stillborn babies are placed in, um, when they're given to their parents to hold and frequently they are buried in those. So um, after a couple of weeks of much ado about me and my shoulder and all this stuff, it felt good just to sit and stitch for somebody else for such a worthy cause. So I was happy to go in and do that. Um, so the other thing with the machine was we were the Twilters on Twitter. Um, we were trying to come up with a name for the new sewing machine because I like to name my machines. So uh, Leah, my youngest daughter, for some reason she stuck on Elizabeth for that sewing machine. And I swear it's just because Elizabeth is an elegant name and so is the sewing machine. Uh, <laughs> it feels luxurious. I don't know. It just looks nice. So anyways, uh, that was a contender as what I think it was... Um, Charlotte, who suggested melee, which is Hawaiian for song, and it was Katie Ringo, who had suggested symphonia, which was Italian for symphony. So I had all these name suggestions coming in that were beautiful, and I tried out melee for a week, just didn't seem right. Tried out Elizabeth, and that didn't seem right. So I'm going to go with Elizabeth Melee because I like anything that's Hawaiian. So that's it. That's that's the new machine. And I am enjoying it very much and I'm looking forward to sewing more on it. 
So the things that I am sewing this week, I had a finish. I finished my art quilt of Amanda, as I mentioned earlier. And that was a really fun. That was a, a technique that I had seen on my craftsy class with Wendy Butler Burns pictorial quilts. And that quilt is something where you have templates that you're using um, to make the quilt. So you have all these tiny pieces of templates and you're, you know, you're supposed to iron the fabric. You're supposed to iron the fabric to like a freezer paper template and then turn the edges under and then applique them. But I like fusible, so I just ended up doing the whole thing like a fusible technique. And I enjoyed that very much and it went fairly quickly. Um, so that's hanging right now downstairs near my back kitchen door. There's this spot that actually fits it quite well, but I don't know how long I'll leave it there. I don't know how weird it is to um, keep up an art quilt like that in the main floor of your house. <laughs> so I might find a different spot for it, but for now I'm enjoying having it there and so is Amanda. So then I've been reading Susan Carlson's book and um, just watched one of her episodes on the quilt show and I've sort of fallen in love now with her technique of doing some of these portrait art quilts. But instead of using templates, she is almost just doing like a collage or a mosaic of little tiny fabric pieces to make these beautiful art quilts. Um, again, this technique looks really interesting and fun, but on her quilts, when you see them, she when she does a portrait quilt, I think she has her one of her most famous ones is of her son, and um, on the the pieces of fabric that form his actual face are all different colors: blues, reds, yellows. And I'm not really a fan of that when I'm when I'm looking at a quilt of someone's portrait or face. I'm not. I would rather see it in flesh tones than all different colors. Um, so I guess I'm just not quite artsy enough for that. It's not that I don't appreciate it, it's just that my own preference for making a portrait of a loved one is that I actually want to see their face and I want to see them represented the way that they are in the photo that I took uh, or in real life. So I will probably modify Susan's technique a little bit to fit what I'm doing. And I did find a really cute picture of my middle daughter, Lindsay, who, of course, when she saw Amanda's quilt, was like, hey, what about me? So I will be doing hers, um, where instead of using templates, I'll be... I, I took the photo, I traced it on my light box, same as I did with the Wendy Butler Burns method, and then you print it poster size on your printer, same thing. Um, but whereas I printed a second one, and I chopped it up to get the different template pieces for the Amanda quilt... For this one, I will be tracing the poster size version onto a piece of muslin with a Sharpie and then filling in all the lines with the little bitty pieces of fabric. And you use Aileen's Tacky Glue to secure those and then you end up covering the whole thing with a layer of tulle. Uh, so we're going to see how that goes. I'm really interested in working on it. I can't wait. But I have a few things that have to go... Um, First, a couple things in the pipeline. 
One of those things being the Music School Raffle Quilt, which is a double sliced layer cake. And I have it out on my dining room table being pin basted right now. That's what I'm going to go work on after this podcast. And I also have to finish my niece Rachel's t-shirt quilt. Um, she's graduating next month. I'd like to have it done by then. I'm sure that I will. Uh, so I'm working on that. I mentioned the buntings. I wanted to make 25 of those to donate to the charity and I finished up the last of the 25 um, this past week. So I want to finish those three things before I move on to the next art quilt. I'm also very near the end of my sashiko piece which I think I'm going to turn into a pillow. I'm almost done with that. And I have three squares of eight completed for a granny square pillow that I'm working on. So those were all the little bits and bobs of of what's going on here. And um, yeah, that's what we've been doing. That's what I've been working on. And let me check my list now and see what else I'm going to talk. I see I'm on 25 minutes and I feel like I haven't even begun here. Um, Oh, I wanted to talk about... Fitbit for a second, because I know we're all on Fitbit. I've been really trying the last two days to get my step count up. Yesterday I hit 10,000, and I'm sure it's because I went to the grocery store and I went to Target, and I've been walking. So I'm hoping that I can really shoot for 10,000. I feel like I put my Fitbit on, and I'm like, yeah, my Fitbit's on. And at the end of the day I go, oh, look, I walked 5,000 steps. Not really the purpose of the Fitbit now, is it? So I have been, right after lunch, hopping on the treadmill for like 20-25 minutes and watching two segments of the quilt show. Um, I have a quilt show subscription. I love it. I have so many shows that I haven't watched, so I'm trying to um, catch up a little bit by doing that. And it's good for me because I'm walking. So that's the Fitbit. The Fitbit bit, we'll call it. Um, on my blog, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, I had posted some photos of some quilts that were part of my husband's um, side of the family. One of those was a broken dishes quilt or hourglass block quilt, whatever you want to call it. And I started thinking, oh, geez, I'd really like to do a broken dishes quilt. It just looks like a fun and easy thing to do. So this week I came across one of the Missouri Star Quilt Company videos on broken dish quilt variation. And the variation was that you made the broken dishes blocks, but you gave them a little bit of a log cabin setting, and then you alternated the blocks so they almost look like they're floating a little bit. It's really good, it's on YouTube. Um, It's Jenny Doan. And I think I might give that a try, and what I liked about it was that it just used a layer cake and then like some border fabric and I don't know the backing it just didn't seem like that much fabric and then they also had a variation where they just did the regular broken dishes blocks but it was all using one layer cake so that appeals to me because I like layer cakes I like how they're all coordinated for you they make up nicely for charity quilts such as the music school raffle quilts Um, and of course Jenny's got a million videos out there with great quilts using pre-cuts so you should check those out for sure if you haven't so I'm gonna tuck that away in my brain for the next time I see a layer cake that I really like I'm going to 
um, make that broken dishes quilt. Mm -hmm. So let's switch gears for one minute and talk about um, some books. And I wanted to, well, books and a review. An iTunes review, that is. I wanted to thank Parker's Mom Zero. If you're out there listening, thank you for the very nice iTunes review that you left for me. Um, I did see that. And I should also mention that if you've left me a comment on Podbean, on Quilt Cabana Corner's site on Podbean, I don't know what is happening over at Podbean, but it looks like all my comments have been wiped out. So um, I apologize if you left me one and I didn't see it. I don't know what happened. They were there one minute and now they're gone. So really the best place to leave me a comment is on the blog or just email me directly. Um, that's really the best way. And I've been trying really hard to reply to all the comments that are left on my blog. So if you leave me a comment on the blog, um, you can look back where you left the comment and I will have replied to it. Okay, so let's talk books for a minute. I have just finished reading Jennifer Schiaverini's Mrs. Lincoln's Dressmaker. We chose that for the book club and it was awesome. It got off to a little bit of a slow start. It's not a really fast page turner but it is just a fascinating story, especially if you don't know a lot about Mary Lincoln. And I am not a history person, although I do enjoy books about the Civil War. Um, so I, but I just didn't know really very much about Mary Lincoln at all. And this book is um, based on a book that was written by Mrs. Lincoln's dressmaker, Elizabeth Keckley. And um, Elizabeth Keckley had been born a slave but purchased her freedom and her son's freedom. So at the time that she was Mrs. Lincoln's dressmaker, she was not a slave. She was a free woman with her own sewing business. And it, it talks about her time in the White House and how she befriended their family and how she really helped Mrs. Lincoln. And it talks about Mrs. Lincoln's depression and she lost, I think it was three of her four sons. Um, just fascinating stuff. And when you realize that all of the things that happened in this book actually really truly did happen, it's even more fascinating. I'll read you the back of it really quickly. Uh, it says, in a life that spanned nearly a century and witnessed some of the most momentous events in American history, Elizabeth Hobbs Keckley was born a slave. A gifted seamstress, she earned her freedom by the skill of her needle and won the friendship of First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln by her devotion. A sweeping historical novel, Mrs. Lincoln's Dressmaker, illuminates the extraordinary relationship the two women shared, beginning in the hallowed halls of the White House during the trials of the Civil War and enduring almost, but not quite, to the end of Mrs. Lincoln's days. So, as I said, that was a fascinating read. Um, and of course, Jennifer Schiaverini, her writing is so unbelievable. She is so good. Um, I have read all but one of the Elm Creek series books that she has written, and she has written a lot of them, I want to say, oh, I don't know, maybe 15 or more. And um, the one that, the most recent one that I haven't read yet, I think is called The Giving Quilt. So that's on my list of things to read next. Um, some of those books I've gotten from the library 
some I've bought on Kindle, some I own. Um, it's just so many I hate to keep buying them, so I'll probably actually get that either at the library or I will get it on Kindle, but I'll save it for um, summer vacation. So that was really good. I just started Nancy Zeman's Seems Unlikely. I'm only one chapter in. Looks like it's going to be an interesting read. Um, I do enjoy Nancy and Nancy's products, and I just think she's a fascinating person anyway. So I'm reading that, and um, I also want to read The Martian, which is a book that Tanisha and Quilton Jenny both have just read. That looks fantastic about a man who's an astronaut and he ends up being left in Mars. That looks good. We actually have book club tonight, so that's my suggestion for book club. And my middle daughter, Lindsay, has just gotten me started on this trilogy of books by Marie Lu. The first one is called Legend, and the second one is Prodigy, and I want to say the third one is Champions. Now, having just read Divergent, which was a movie with Shalene Woodley. Um, I wanted to read that book before I saw the movie. I still haven't gotten to the movie, but I did read the book, and I didn't like it. It was too violent. It was, I don't know, all these books with these dystopian um, worlds and stuff. It's all fine, but I don't like it when it's kids killing kids and stuff like that. I just, I don't like that. I don't care for it. And that really is about what Divergent was kind of all about. So I decided that I'm not going to... I do want to see the movie, but I'm not going to read the other books in that. So when Lindsay handed me this book, I said, is it like Divergent? And she said, well, not really. And then I said, well, is it violent? Because I'm, I don't want to read these books. So she assured me that although the boy in the book does get beat up twice, it's nothing like Divergent. And she's right. I finished the book last night, and it was fantastic. Now, this is a young adult read. Again, it's Marie Lou. And I was trying to see if I could find a description on the back of the book, but there isn't. It's actually inside the book. And it says, From different worlds, June and Day have no reason to cross paths until June's brother is murdered and Day becomes the prime suspect. In a shocking turn of events, the two uncover what has really brought them together and the sinister lengths to which their country will go to keep its secrets. So, I couldn't put the book down. I started it, and from the minute I started it, I could not put the book down. So, although it is a young adult read, I think that as adults, you would enjoy it, and it's a quick read. So, again, that's Marie Lu, and the name of the first book is Legend. So... Thank you, Lindsay, for turning me on to that because it is good, and I like to have a book to discuss with Lindsay, too. She's become a reading machine, that kid, which is great. Okay, also, my book club, uh, we put together a list of all the books that we've read since we started the book club probably three years ago, and we have rated them all with a star system. So tonight, I believe, is the night that we get back the results and with the averaged ratings for what we thought of each book. So I will share that list and the ratings with you either on the blog or through the, maybe on the podcast, maybe the next episode. Um, that way, if there's one on there that you were thinking you might want to read, you'll know um, what the ladies of my book club thought of it. So that could be interesting for you. 
Okay, I feel like I'm just rambling on here. I have so much to say, and I'm trying not to make the podcast really, really long, but that's where it's it's headed then a little bit longer than I normally do. So um, if you're of the quicker podcast variety, that's what you like, I apologize. Uh, okay, so let's talk next about... Well, actually, maybe we're kind of near the end here. I was going to just update you on my random acts of kindness. <laughs> when I turned 43 in February, I had said that I was going to do 43 random acts of kindness throughout the year. So, I am on, I've completed 13, I think. And I am keeping a list, though I'm not going to share what I did because it feels a little braggy or just not quite right. Um, but I've done 13. I do have more in mind. I am enjoying doing them when I have the time, but I'm also having a little bit of trouble in my mind distinguishing between what is truly a random act of kindness versus you just did something because um, it was the right thing to do in that moment. So, I mean, if you're picking those moments, probably been hundreds of them, but I'm talking about ones where you actually really thought about the act of kindness and sort of planned it out in your mind or it could be spontaneous, but something that really you, you wouldn't normally do. So I'm still plugging away on that. I was hoping to have more done by now, but um, what can I say? Uh, I don't know. I have nothing to say further about that, I guess. <sighs> okay, also, let's see. Let's talk about um, talk about Amanda for a minute and having a new driver in the house. <laughs> On April 29th, she turned 16. She had already taken her week-long driver's ed class, and I had gone for the parent class one evening. And uh, as she's our first one, I had asked a couple of people, what do we need to bring to the registry to get the permit and all this? And um, everyone just said, birth certificate, that's all you need is just your birth certificate. So off we go in the morning of her birthday. She took the day off from school. And it's the first time she ever has taken the day off from school for her birthday. I always make her go on her birthday. I suppose that's mean, but uh, usually she's got something going on. She has to be there anyway. So I had said, okay, 16, that's a really special one. You can stay home. We'll go to the registry, hopefully get that permit. Um, A lot of her friends have had trouble getting their permits. It's taking them two and three times. It's a random set of questions that pop up on the registry computer when you go in there and they have to get, I think it's 18 out of 25 correct. Um, And what I've been hearing is that depending on which test pops up, these kids were having a hard time um, getting the correct number right. So I think because a lot of it um, was like if you get the one that's all fines, you would have to have all the fines memorized, which to me, that to me is not really a great permit test. I think it should be the rules of the road, road signs, stuff like that. Fines are things that you can look up. Um, It should be things that you need to know in order to get behind the wheel, so I don't know. But, um, so we got to the registry. Greg took the day off too, because we were gonna take her out for lunch afterwards. So it was Greg, Amanda, myself. The registry opened at eight. It's a half hour from our house. So we drive there, we're there at 8.30, because I had to get Leah on the bus, so I couldn't leave till after that. <clears throat> There's no one in line, but there are 
a fair amount of people who have already gotten their number and are waiting to be served. So we go up, we say we'd like to take the permit test, and I <laughs> hand them the birth certificate. And doesn't the lady say, oh, I also need her social security number. What? Greg and I just look at each other. We're like, oh my God, her social security number. Not something we've memorized, not something we carry with us. It's actually something that's locked up in the safe. And just because I had asked so many people, what do you need to bring? And everyone was like, just the birth certificate. It never even crossed my mind to bring the social security number. I'm like, oh my God. So just look at Greg. He looks at me. He says to the woman, do we have to have the card or can I just drive home now another half hour and text her the number? So she says, yes, you can do that. So Amanda and I go sit down. We fill out the application while we're waiting. Greg gets home a half an hour later, texts us the number. We get back in line. We get all squared away and we get our number and we still have to wait an hour and a half. Um, it was a long wait that day. Now Greg had not come back yet and I start thinking to myself, I'm seeing signs that say we don't accept credit card for certain things. So then all of a sudden I'm in a panic like, oh my God, what if they don't take credit card? And I look at Amanda and I say, how much money do you have on you? And she <laughs> She had $14 and I had $16 and it's $30 to get a permit. <laughs> and I'm texting Greg, where are you? You know, hurry up and get back here. So um, he had gone to the bank and I had forgotten to grab any more money than that. And in my mind, I'm thinking we're just going to you know, probably throw it on a credit card, whatever. So talk about being completely unprepared. Ugh, for a day that was supposed to just go like clockwork and I thought I had it all down. I really just didn't. Anyways, Greg made it back still before our number was even called. Um, took forever. She finally got to go in there. She was in there for less than 10 minutes. Came out. She had passed. So all was well. She wanted to drive that day. So Greg took her out. And then um, since then, it's been like two weeks. Um, she is now driving. I pick her up after school. And we switch places. And she drives home every day. She's doing very well with it. Um, it's terrifying to be in that passenger seat with no brake on my side. Uh, I have the imaginary air brake going, of course. I'm sure she's thrilled with that. Um, I would say this week is probably the first time that I've been able to sit there and, you know, not be terrified. <laughs> and I, I think I've done very well because I made up my mind from the beginning that I was not going to be all terrified and nervous because she needs to learn how to do this. And if I'm all, ah, uh, she's going to be, ah, uh, not want to do it. And she's that type of kid. She'd just say, forget it. I'm not going to do it. So she's, she's doing well. And we just booked her driver's training appointment. So um, she'll have, I think it's 12 hours with the driver's training instructor. They'll come pick her up at the house, take her out, drive in for a couple of hours. So yeah, whole new world, whole new world around here. So, interesting to say the very least. So that, oh, and when she turned 16, we didn't know what we were going to do. Um, you know, it's a big number. Felt like we should do something really special. Um, her friends, a couple of her friends had gone to New York City with their parents to celebrate the 16th. But 
Uh, one, we had very limited weekends. It was very hard to find time to do anything to celebrate her birthday because we have had so many rehearsals for the Godspell play um, that Lindsay's involved with and other things that um, the show band that Amanda's involved with. So very hard to get any time to do something. Uh, plus, I really didn't want to spend $1,000 on a weekend in New York for a Sweet 16. That seems a little um, crazy to me. So we gave her a choice. We said that she could have a party with her friends. She could wait until the summer and have it be a pool party. Or she could pick one friend and we could go somewhere like Providence, Rhode Island, and go out for dinner and to the big, there's a huge three-story shopping mall there, movie theater, the whole bit. So we said, you know, what do you want to do? So she chose to have a friend come. We got two hotel rooms um, right down in Providence. And we had a great night. Um, it was fun. I was a little mad because when we got to the hotel, even though I had booked the rooms almost two months in advance, it was a full house and they could not give us connecting rooms. So I was a little bummed about that. So I ended up sleeping in the room with Amanda and her friend. And then Greg was with the girls down the hall a little bit. Um, but because of that, they gave us free vouchers for breakfast the next day, which was great. So we had a nice breakfast. But, of course, we had to hurry back up to Massachusetts because the girls were in the show at 1.30 in the afternoon that day. So um, we went to Fire and Ice, which is uh, one of those places where you go in and you pay a set price. And you take a bowl and there's like a big salad bar. But then there's also... Um, like a whole area where it's all like noodles, pastas, rice, different things. You fill your bowl with how much of that you want. And then you go over to where they have all kinds of like chicken and beef and shrimp and all kinds of like marinated meats and stuff. And you, it's, it's self-serve. You, you take what you want of each thing and then you add in your vegetables and then you go pick up a sauce. So I picked up like teriyaki sauce, but there's all kinds, lime sauces, all kinds, anything you can imagine. And then you bring it up to a gigantic circular grill. So everyone is standing around this big circle and inside of the circle is the grill and there's um, people all, like cooks all around it. So they'll take your bowl and they'll put your stuff on the grill and they flip it and they do a couple of like food tricks, you know, they're flipping some of the food and stuff like that and then they add your sauce to it, and then you go sit down. So it's fun, but it, it's also, um, you know, if you want a meal where you're all sitting together, all eating at the same time, it's a little bit difficult because not everyone's stuff is done at the same time. It's almost the same time, but it's not like where you give the weight of the order and then they bring it over. And then they have a big ice cream bar. So you tell them what kind of ice cream you want, and they bring you a huge goblet full of three gigantic scoops of ice cream. And then you go up to the ice cream bar, and you add all your toppings, whatever you want. So we pretty much rolled out of there. Um, we couldn't leave to go to Providence until about 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday because the kids had a rehearsal. So we got down there. We did some shopping in the big mall. Uh, Amanda and her friend took off, and then... Greg and Lindsay Lear and I went did our own shopping and then we met up for dinner which was just it's just a short walk from the mall to the place it's all kind of part of the same complex and the um, plan was to go see a 930 movie she wanted to go see Captain America or something um, but by the time we ate everybody was so full and Amanda was like can we 
kind of just go back to the hotel and relax. And they, we had brought a movie player, and they wanted to watch a movie. So we said, whatever you want to do, we'll do. So um, it turned out that they actually wanted to go back to the mall because there were a couple things they hadn't bought that they wished they had. So we ended up going back to the mall till about 9 o'clock. And then no one felt like a movie, so we did go back and watch the movies that we brought. And Amanda and her friend were both sound asleep within a half an hour. <laughs> so that was that. But she enjoyed it. It was fun. It was something to do. Um, it was perfect. It was just the right amount. So uh, that was her birthday celebration. Oh, my tummy is growling. I really hope you can't hear that. I apologize. If you can, my goodness, I'm starving. All right, so I think that I've hit everything on my list. I did. I hit it all. So I hope that you will um, put up your pictures of the postcards for the postcard swap and continue to leave me some comments on the blog. I'm trying to be good about updating it every couple of days with interesting stuff. Um, I'm sitting here and I'm just looking at my desk and I see two magazines that I have open. I must have wanted to share something from those with you. So before I sign off, um, it looks like in the June American Patchwork and Quilting, um, oh, I doggy eared a page, and this has to do with how to keep the binding from tangling when you're adding it to a quilt. And I liked this idea a lot. The person puts their, she says, I fold binding accordion style, and she puts it in her thread catcher and then puts that right near her sewing machine. So the thread catcher is really one of those little trash bins with the pin cushion that balances on the edge of your table. So she has a clean one and she puts all of her binding in that and then puts the little pin cushion part right on her extension table and it catches it. I like that idea a lot. And then someone else rolls the binding into a spiral and puts it on their upright thread spool of their machine. So I thought that was uh, really a good tip. I like both of those ideas because I hate that my binding drags and drops on the floor um, when I'm attaching it. That's a real big pain to me. Okay, the other magazine I have here is Fonts and Porter's Love of Quilting. And it is there. Um, see if I can find what issue it is. <coughs> okay, hold on a minute. I'm dropping everything. Oh, see, it might be May. The May-June issue. Okay, and I just wanted to say they had a little article. They do a little Quilting with the Stars article each month, and it is with Jenny Doan of Missouri Star Quilt Company, and she has a really lovely Dresden plate quilt right after her interview. Um, it's very, oh, it's so pretty. The fabric is just so cheery. It's kind of a burnt orange and yellow and white and it's got three Dresden plates across it and uh, it's 21 by 45 so really like a tabletopper size but it's really cute and I had two other things in here dog-eared and uh, another was Liz from Fonts and Porter she does it says from Liz's scrap bag and her article each magazine month is usually on a scrap quilt the one that she did has churned ash, and um, it's called Neapolitan because the colors in it are Neapolitan ice cream. It's kind of like pink and brown and cream, and it is very pretty. And she says you can use fat quarters 
to do it. And then I had one more. There was one more really cute. I think it was um, it was Marianne's quilt. And she has a really cute 42 by 60 quilt in here that's fat quarter friendly. And again, you know what? It's the same colors kind of it's, as the Dresden. It's sort of the burnt orange, the yellow, the red, the pinks. And it says she designed this quilt to showcase colorful applique pieces made by Pakistani women. There doesn't seem to be any more information about the Pakistani women. I kept flipping through like, what women? Are there pictures? What are they doing? But I didn't see it. But the quilt itself is really delicious looking. It is so summery and beautiful. And the little applique piece that's in the center of the blocks, because it's two rows, two columns, two rows, I don't know how you want to say it. It's eight blocks, two, 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 and two, right down the front of it. And they do have a really cute little, it's not fleur de -lis, it's kind of a different design, but it's applique and it's really cute. And the colors are just luscious. So if you have the magazine, the quote was called Rally Pop and it's on page 34. So that's what I wanted to share with you from the magazines. And I think I'm going to sign off now. It's been about 53 minutes, so take care. You can reach me at sosandy8 at yahoo.com, S-E-W-S-A-N-D-I-8 at yahoo.com. You can reach me on the blog, www.quiltcabanapatterns.com forward slash blog. You can try to reach me through Podbean, but as I said, there seems to be some type of an issue with it. I don't know what's going on. And... Um, other than that, you can also reach me on Twilter. I on Twilter. Now I just call it Twilter. There's a group of us on Twitter who refer to ourselves as Twilters. It's a beautiful, caring community of quilters. Um, and if you're on Twitter, please join us. Just find me, and then you can find them through me. Uh, I'm Quilt Cabana on that, and on Facebook, I am Quilt Cabana Patterns. That's my page, and I am Sandy Holmes Caldwell. That is my personal Facebook, if you will, and I'd be more than happy to be friends with you on that as well. All right, so take it easy, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great, great, great week.